Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Antonio. Hey, do you know this is our 44th episode? I do. Yeah. You do. Okay. <laughs> of course. Middle you do. age now. It's your show. Yeah, yeah we're closing in on 50. That's the excitement, the build yeah. up. Yeah. The 50. When we get to 50, do we get a red Mustang? Uh, <laughs> or, or a Miata. I want a Harley. <laughs> or a Harley. Yeah. No more yeah. motorcycles for either one of them. Yeah. Probably best. Yeah. You were offline. You were telling me about uh, why you don't ride uh, motorcycles anymore. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I have had a couple bad accidents, but I've always said, unless I move to the Southwest, I won't get another one. Oh. And of course, now I live in the Southwest. So <laughs> we guess- shall see. I'm guessing it's a lot safer out there with the motorcycle than it would be riding in New York City. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 And I had more. Of course. I have to weigh our purchases, and I'm thinking about a camera, so we'll have to explore that a little bit at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later, but I wanted to... I don't know if you know this, because we haven't talked in a little while, but uh, I've been doing a lot of podcasts in our name, and uh, I thought I'd give some shout-outs, so... uh, I was recently on um, with Sid and Mac again on Shutter Time. Uh-huh. We were talking about. We love this. those guys. Yeah, we love those guys. Um, they're our Canadian cousins, and I think we'll be moving into their house pretty soon if, if <laughs> the political climate doesn't change. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Mac said he's got a he's got a basement uh, open for <laughs> us. So awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I was on there talking about. But the conversation we had was about whether or not anybody really cares about our uh, photography anymore. But uh, we were talking about a video this guy published. Basically, he was saying uh, how a buddy of his was saying that uh, nobody cares about our pictures. So um, it was it was an interesting conversation. It was a little spicy. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. It was. It was. And, uh, you know, what's nice about their show is it's, it's I would say rated R, but... I get to be a little freer in my, my uh, colorful language. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can tune into that. Uh, I, I was also just recently on with um, Bart Shots on his uh-huh. uh, Let's Talk Photo uh, podcast, Let's Talk Photography podcast, actually. And uh, we were on with uh, Mark Poley of uh, Twin Lake Images. You remember Mark? We've talked with Mark a bunch of times. I'm friends with him. And, uh-huh. uh, we were talking about Bart had us pull out one of our own pictures and a picture for someone else and, and just talk about it, which we haven't done in a little while. We've done it on the show before. So, uh, I pulled out one of my shots of a homeless guy I took on the street, which I think, I don't know if we remember on, if I had mentioned on this podcast or any other show, but I, I sort of have a rule about not photographing homeless people, but this guy, and you think you might've seen this guy in our neighborhood when you were here. Um, guy who's like a uh, orthodox jewish guy but he's homeless on the on he used mm. to sit on ocean parkway a lot i don't know if you okay uh-huh. and uh there was just something about him that day i photographed him and it was a really interesting shot and uh but me mark and um bart talked about that shot plus a shot that uh, uh buzz aldrin took of neil armstrong it's really two opposites of um uh, sort of the human story uh so that was an interesting show we didn't just talk about my pictures we were talking about Mark's and Bart's, but I'm just talking about, right now I'm talking about my pictures because that's what I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of a book I was reading by Robert Coles, who's famous as a child psychiatrist, but he wrote um, a book about documentary work because he was interested in that. And it's uh, it's interesting. I'll try to get the title to you so we could put it in the show oh, notes. Okay, yeah. be interested in that. And I don't remember if I mentioned this, since this might be, this is a little old news, but I was on Chit Chat Across the Pond with uh, Allison Sheridan of the Nozilla podcast, but it was back in May. And so I might've had a senior moment and not mentioned that. <laughs> There's no disrespect for Allison. She's a, she's a fan of our show and, and I'm a fan of her show and she really likes us. And she had me on, I think I actually talked myself onto her show <laughs> and uh, she was like, <laughs> she wanted to talk about photo processing with the uh, Photoshop Lightroom and affinity photo. So she threw a bunch of questions at me. Uh, I answered them. And uh, I think she said I succeeded in, in responding to her, her queries. Um, 
Great. No, but, it sounds fun. Yeah. Wow, it, you've been busy, man. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, this is again back in May and I just, I think I might've spaced out, but uh, didn't mean to. It was oh. a really good episode. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes so people can check that episode out. But yeah, it, it has been busy for podcasts, at least. I'm just doing a lot of those. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you, you probably know this, but I'm also doing uh, photo gear reviews for uh, mymac.com. And I can't remember how I got hooked up with those guys. I think it was for another podcast, but I've been doing a bunch of camera bag reviews for those guys. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, beco- I'm becoming the camera bag guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think it's such I've, a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we're doing the reviews are fun and uh, I get to check out different bags. So I'll put a link to the bags that I reviewed. And I think I got a couple coming up in the next, uh, the next month. I got a big backpack coming to me. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think if I don't end up keeping these things, I maybe we'll have to do a giveaway, um, you know, in the next couple of episodes, see if I can give some of this stuff away after I review it. Of course I need to review them first. And if I get to keep them, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, you know, for the 10th caller, (laughs) you know, we need to actually come to think of it. Maybe we need to get a phone number where we can have people call up and leave questions for us because that would be such a great way to spark conversation on our shows to answer questions from our listeners what do you think uh-huh yeah yeah could be fun yeah i mean we could just give our cell phone numbers out uh, maybe, no, you know, no, that's but... no i don't think so <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> i get enough calls as it is All already right. i mean if our audience grows not you know everybody i don't mind i'm sure i would love to give you my my home number but uh i think it'd probably be easier <laughs> if we just come up with a some sort of phone number you guys can call and leave a message and then we can uh we can find out what you guys want us to talk about so uh We'll see about doing that between yeah, now and maybe through, huh? Maybe maybe th- I was gonna say maybe through Google. You know, there's a way to set up a number and voicemail. Yeah. There's there's, there's got to be a system. We'll come up with something and we'll we'll share it uh, either on our blog or uh, or Twitter or something like that, and get you guys to call in and leave us messages. Okay, only nice messages and good questions. So, and lastly, <laughs> which will lead into what we're gonna talk about is I did want to mention that I purchased uh, another fuji camera the fuji xt10 it uh-huh. was uh, yes it's another uh, mirrorless camera it's also one of the fuji cameras that has the interchangeable lenses i i purchased it because i thought i would be going to photograph on a television show set and i wanted a camera that would be able to do two things one that would have interchangeable lenses because the the current camera i have that's uh mirrorless is not an interchangeable lens system so i figured if i'm on a movie set i need to have some versatility in framing and whatnot because i just might need different lenses and also that the fuji uh mirrorless cameras also come equipped with a an electronic shutter so i know that that camera would not make any noise on a set so it would not require me to buy one of those blimps i don't know if you've ever seen those on movie sets but they're these big sort of inflatable uh, things that cover up cameras and so that they absorb all the sounds so the photographer can take a sound on a movie set, uh, take a shot on the movie set and there will yeah. be no sound. But uh, this uh, camera I, I got in it, I sort of jumped the gun. I probably shouldn't have gotten it. Um, but I was, I jumped the gun cause I might've, I, there was a point where I might've been going to a movie set, a television set for the expanse to shoot uh, behind the scenes stuff that sort of fell apart a little bit mainly because it's a union thing so, but i probably should have waited but i i didn't want to take the chance and get called to go to the set and not have a camera with me that was reversal so i ended up getting this fuji xt10 which essentially is like a little dslr camera i mean it looks like a dslr camera meaning it's got what looks like a prism on the top and it's an interchangeable lens and for all intents and purposes looks like a you know miniature version of a nikon or a canon dslr but it is what's called a mirrorless camera and you know i don't want to do a full review of it i mean it's the camera's been out for a while uh it's a actually it's a great little camera (laughs) i'm really blown away by this little camera and you know i wanted to mention it to you because you were talking about possibly switching over to mirrorless yeah well Switching over might be an overstatement, but, you know, playing <laughs> around with one. <laughs> you know, I think once you get into it, then it becomes a, a matter of when you're going to switch. <laughs> <laughs> tell, 
Yeah. You know, well, tell everybody what yeah, I have been thinking about it. Yeah. What's been going on? I mean, you're you're what happened to you and why you're thinking about this too. So Yeah. Well, I did crush a couple of my fingers. I was visiting my dad in Miami and uh I was talking to him outside the front of his house and I, I reached up with my left hand to shut the garage door, just pull it down manually oh. and there was a little gap between these panels and, and I just, like I said, I wasn't looking at what I was doing. I was looking at him and I just reached up with my left hand, felt like a, you know, a crevice and just kind of put my fingers there and pulled down Ouch. to get some traction. And then as the garage door came down, those panels kind of compress so that they're flush and it, they crushed two of my fingers and Ooh. I just broke the bones on the ends of two fingers and left hand you know, or right just hand? about to take a cruise to celebrate his 80th birthday it was my left hand oh so i was all psyched to shoot you know for the next week on this cruise going to key west and mexico and i was reading a book about hemingway and was going to go to hemingway's house which i've gone to many times and i love it and it's cool and i was psyched to shoot it you know but uh yeah broke a couple of fingers so that that put a damper on things i would guess but yeah you know <laughs> so got to thinking about your little fuji and the and the lightness and the versatility of it and i'll tell you tony you know like one, one of my main hesitations it's interesting that you're talking about the capacity to change lenses on the, the xt10 that you got mm-hmm. because you know i've I'm familiar with your other Fuji and um, it not changing lenses. And so, you know, and that's something that for me, it's just so integral to my kind of thinking and experience of photography is changing lenses. I do it all the time. And, uh, but, and yet, you know, I've, I, I have played around with a 40 millimeter pancake lens and just kind of sometimes put myself in situations where that's all I have. And I kind of like the, kind of self-imposed limitations that that puts on me um and so there's there's an aspect of all this where i feel like well it might be kind of fun to just have a mirrorless that where i i can't change lenses um so i'd be curious you know to hear from you since now you have you could you know you have two different types of fujis that you could do um you know you you've experienced both worlds so yeah i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that you know, and first, you know, for for our audience for, who doesn't know what a mirrorless camera is, um, mm-hmm. I'll just let me explain it quickly without yeah. uh, going into too much detail. But basic DSLR cameras or SLR cameras, what we might call 35 millimeter cameras, have a mirror which project the light into the viewfinder so that the photographer can see what they're shooting. Mirrorless cameras eliminate this little mirror and the prism and essentially for the most part, give you an electronic viewfinder view of what you're going to photograph. So, you know, it's almost like looking at your phone. You know, when you're using your phone as a camera, you're seeing what the lens is going to see. Same thing with mirrorless cameras. You're, you're essentially using an electronic viewfinder to see what the camera is going to see. So any of the kind of uh, exposure changes or, or processing that you can do in the camera, you'll see that reflected in the viewfinder. So these cameras have no mirror and hence the word mirrorless. And what makes them special is that they tend to be a lot smaller and quieter uh, than their equivalent DSLR version cameras. So, for instance, this little Fuji X-T10 is a teeny tiny camera. It's actually, it might be a little bit small for my hand. It looks like a, like they had taken a DSLR and shrank it, you know, Uh, put it in, Uh in, in the extra, you know, in the dryer and it shrank a little bit. But on the outside, it looks like a DSLR. I mean, it's an interchangeable lens. Uh, there's many lenses that come that you can get for a Fuji camera. Um, it, it has a viewfinder on it, but this has an electronic viewfinder. It doesn't have an optical viewfinder. So you're not seeing the real world, which is what a DSLR does. Like when you're looking through your, you know, Canon, uh, 5d Mark II, you're seeing the world through, a, a, you know, through the lens, but an optical. Right? You're seeing what the real world looks like. Then you have to take the picture and you have to look at the back of the screen to see what, what you have. So that's kind of the quick 
story. And for those people who don't know what mirrorless is, I'm sure a lot of our audience already know this, but it's, I think it's worth repeating. Part of the, the nice thing about these cameras, and now a lot of people make them, is Fuji makes them, uh, Ryko makes them, Panasonic, Sony, and uh, I, you know what? I do believe Canon and Nikon have their mirrorless versions, but they've been sort of falling, not falling behind, but they've been sort of slow in this uh, uh, creating mirrorless cameras. So they have a couple of models out now, but I think the other companies have been doing it for a longer time. Um, one of the things about them is that they tend to use smaller sensors than your DSLR. Uh, so, yeah. you know, they use, uh, your DSLR has got a full frame sensor, but a lot of these use what are called APS-C sensors, which are a little bit smaller uh, than the full frame sensor. So that's one of the, I'm not going to say downsides. Drawbacks. It's not drawback, a drawback, dude. It's not a yeah, drawback. No, why do you say it's a drawback? Robinson, no, Tell me why. I don't like the small sensor. Why? You, you, get you need to give me a valid reason less. for that. because You capture less. Huh? Because no. you capture less. Capture less what? What do you mean you capture less? Um, of the uh, world. <laughs> no, that's a lame answer. Everybody, Tom's lame answer. You don't capture less of anything. <laughs> I don't. That. I think that, you do, dude. No. No, you don't. Yeah, no. I mean, we've had that. We've. I think we've had this debate before, but like, I'll never forget one time. I, you know, was next standing next to somebody with the same lens, um, Gabe, who owns that camera shop on Cortellu, and um, I think he he pulled out a full frame camera when I still had a Rebel, and using the same lens, we both took a picture from the same location, and I was able to see the full frame expanded the frame. No, see what you're what seeing was captured. No, so what you're seeing, and this is good for our audience to hear this. What you're seeing is the fact that the that the full frame is um, with the same lens has a wi wider field of view. So that's not well, capturing. That's what more. I'm saying, dude. No, that's that's a simple. Yeah, that's a no, simpleton no, no, answer. No, Although it's too simple. Because well, all you need to do is get the equivalent <laughs> lens. On a on yeah, a crop well, then sensor. All of a sudden, you're changing lenses. Right, no, no, no. But... You don't get it. You're not getting it. You don't understand. <laughs> when you have a full frame sensor, let's say, so you have a 50 millimeter lens on a full frame sensor, you get a certain field of view. If you take that same right. 50 millimeter lens and you put it on an APS-C sensor, you get a tighter field of view. So what you have to do is get the equivalent field of view lens on the APS-C sensor. So that actually happens to be a 35 millimeter lens. So whereas you have a if you want the same field of view from a 50 millimeter on a full frame you need a 35 millimeter on a APS-C sensor those will give you the exact same field of view so you're capturing the same amount of information yeah i hear what you're saying yeah but okay. i you know i mean and you're then the maybe that's like if i had a thousand lenses it wouldn't be an issue but since no, but i have a 50 millimeter right, and but, i want the, you know to get that experience Right, but let's say you're going to Fuji. I don't have to let's go say you get the 35. Well, if you're going to a Fuji camera system, you're not going to be able to use your Canon lenses. So you're going to have to buy new lenses anyway. So now this goes to yeah, say that, or just stick with the, you know, the the one that's not interchangeable. I mean, that is what part of what appeals to me. Well, there's two different things. I mean, for instance, I needed I needed this DSL. I needed an interchangeable camera lens. Possibly because if I was going on a movie set and I need to be quiet, I need to have you know, like a the ability to have a telephoto so I can reach out. Um, uh -huh. If I'm doing my street photography, then yeah, I don't really need. I don't generally use an um, interchangeable lens system. Even when I was shooting prior to buy, buying my Fuji, I would use a Panasonic that, and I would shoot in a wide lens, you know, because I didn't need a I didn't need a zoom lens when I was shooting um, street photography. So it's all depending on what you need. If you need have interchangeable lenses then you're gonna have to buy you know a fuji camera or a Ryko camera panasonic whatever you're going to end up with and then you have to buy lenses for that camera specifically so the fuji that i got came with a kit lens which is actually you know for a kit lens was pretty damn good usually kit lenses when you buy these yeah. cameras like when you buy the nikon you know lower end dslrs they come with this piece of crap you know 18 to 55 millimeter lens and the same with the canons they're they're because they're, they're just giving you a lens with it this fuji camera the lens on it was spectacular i was surprised by it so um 
So anyway, I've got the, the you know, I'm not going to say it's a downside. Maybe we'll argue offline about this again and again and again. But the uh, the sensor is bigger than sensors on point and shoot cameras, right? So you you, you capture uh -huh. they have a, a larger dynamic range, and the uh, the the quality of the pictures are fantastic. I mean, I think I'm only going to be shooting stills now on my Fuji camera. I mean, I hate to even say that I might be giving up my Nikon's at some point, but I'm really thinking about giving up my Nikon's um, because I think that my uh -huh. the stills on my Fuji cameras are just gorgeous. They're absolutely beautiful. Now, just to go side note here, Sony has got a full frame uh, mirrorless camera. It's very, very expensive and it's, it's kind of large, which kind of defeats the purpose of the the mirrorless because someone like you now you're talking about you've got one hand in a sling right <laughs> and you would like to be able to carry something lighter to use right maybe even be able to use with one hand uh -huh. right yeah so the fuji is sounding good yeah well i mean on, on a practical level it, it this the timing of this does have to do with me injuring my hand but but you know it, it was something i was thinking about um anyway i mean i've been watching what you're doing and i'm curious and um there's a professional photographer at my church who's a friend of mine who's also shooting a lot with a mirrorless he has this one of the sony's and um the you know for one thing man the quality of those images you know yours and his are, are really gorgeous and stunning and because i'm i'm tending to shoot more lately when i travel you know the the portability of it is also kind of appealing and i don't know i i do i like the idea of i mean i'm kind of leaning towards the one that would not involve interchangeable lenses just to impose that limit on myself and to uh yeah just to kind of have that be sort of part of my aesthetic sensibility just see how that goes see what i do well the uh, the the gateway drug <laughs> was for me was um one of the lower end fujis uh it did have a zoom lens on it so i did have a little versatility but uh it it um it was the thing that got me started into thinking about switching to mirrorless and you know as you're saying that you can easily get a small mirrorless camera with a with a fixed lens that can give you the taste of what it's like to uh, be able to have sort of a professional um, camera package, let's say that, um, in in a teeny uh -huh. tiny little, you know, camera body. So, for instance, Fuji just came out with a new camera, which actually might fit your bill um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, it's called the X70. Uh, it's essentially um, a small uh, baby brother version of the camera I've got, the X100T. It's essentially the same, a lot of the same camera. Um, uh -huh. uh, it's got the same sensor in it. It's got the same menu system. Uh, a lot of the stuff on the top and the sides is the same. Uh, it has a fixed one. What uh, uh, is it? Sorry. It's a fixed equivalent of a 28 millimeter lens. So I know it's not as wide as you like, um, but it is a wide lens. It's actually really good for street uh -huh. photography, and it's fixed, and it's teeny tiny. I uh, a friend of mine at work brought one in, and I was holding it, and I was like, you know, even though I've already got these other Fuji cameras, I was looking at this thing and I was in love with it. It was <laughs> it was so well engineered. It felt like actually, um, that's the thing about some of these cameras. They actually feel, you know, they're not point and shoots. You can't call these things point and shoots anymore, um, even though that's what they do. But there's a lot more going on underneath the hood. And this little Fuji X70, you know, had a little tiltable lens, uh, uh, sorry, um, LCD screen on it, so it could tilt in different directions. Uh, it, you could do manual focus on it, and it had a manual aperture, so, you, you know, switch to manual. You could shoot the whole thing in manual. And uh -huh. it has some really nice internal, you know, um, uh, film processing, film uh, simulations on it. And it's, it's, I think it's $700. Now, that's, you know, that's not chump change. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does put it into the realm of the 
well, I, if I needed a second body or something I wanted to take with me on a trip or just really get in, see what, what it's like to be in a mirrorless world, this camera is a, is, is a really good way to get into it. Now I'm very Fuji oriented. I'm biased. Sorry. Very Fuji biased. Uh, and I know that the other camera brands, I know Ryko has one. Oh, Olympus has this nice little, um, mirrorless camera. I think it's called the pen. Oh, and the other thing about these cameras is they have a lot, a lot of them have a retro style to them. So for those yeah. of us who are, you know, a little up there in age, <laughs> we're used to sort of the old, you know, like the old style cameras, you know, it, 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 they hearken back to those things. Um, yeah, I love the looks of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, we do want to have a little bit of something that looks decent, you know, not like a, you know, piece of garbage hanging off your shoulder. But, you know, to me, that would be the the kind of camera I could see you getting. Now you're being one handed now for the moment, you know, whereas the Canon, your, your, uh, your Mark, your 5D, what is it? A Mark II you have? Yeah. Mark II. Uh-huh. Yeah. The thing is monstrous, especially because you have the, um, you have the battery grip on it too, right? Uh, no, I don't usually oh, you have, don't have the grip there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I often, I often shoot the 5D with one hand, you know, I mean, I could totally do it. It's like, I, my, my, my hand is healing, you know, so it's more, it's more really the aesthetics and quality of the image. That's kind of intriguing me and getting me curious. You know, I, I'm, I'm covering this on our tip cast, which I'll talk about at the end of the show, but, uh, one of the things I've been moving towards is a more mobile processing of my pictures, you know, not sitting uh-huh. on the computer so much. And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of these cameras also come with built in Wi-Fi, So you can really, you can take a picture on it and then instantly transfer it to your phone or your, or your tablet and start working on it and then share it or post it on Flickr or do whatever you want with it. Rather than having to go back to work with it in Lightroom or sit in front of a computer, and um, I'm beginning to like that as a workflow, and I'm starting to share that on our TipCast. I'll be I'll be doing a few more where I'll be showing how I process stuff on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But that whole process I like a lot better, and it's something that, you know, with the bigger cameras, it's a little bit harder to do. I mean, it may not. I'm not saying that's what you want to do. But, you know, when you sit in a coffee shop with, a, with a, your iPhone and you start processing a picture and it looks as good as something that you did in Lightroom, uh, and we're not talking about extensive, you know, retouching and stuff like that. We're just talking about, you know, boosting your picture a little bit. It becomes addictive to do that and you don't want to sit in front of the computer as much. So, you know, these new cameras that are coming out, they are, you know, Wi-Fi enabled. They sometimes will even let you just share directly to the internet. I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's a camera out there that will do that. Uh, I could be wrong, <laughs> but you know, it, it makes that mobile, it makes yourself, it makes your whole system a little bit more mobile and maybe a little uh-huh. less bogged down, you know? Yeah. Especially for street shooting. That's a huge plus. Yeah. Or even when you're traveling and if you want to share the pictures, yeah, yeah, that's know, true. rather than having to go back with your laptop and you know, it's another thing you don't have to carry with you. If you're carrying your phone and you find a Wi-Fi hotspot and you can upload your pictures, you know, you've, you've saved a few steps. So it's something to consider. Now I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make a war between mirrorless and, and, you know, DSLRs. Yeah. There's a, there's a place for both of those systems very, very well. I mean, sometimes you might not be able to walk into a situation with a, I don't think I could walk into a corporate environment with this XT10. It looks too small. <laughs> and like, uh-huh. I know people would take me seriously. Although I might not really care these days whether people take me seriously or not. I'm too old for this. <laughs> right? You know, it gets to a point like, I don't really care. You know, I'm going to do a job with my iPhone. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't hire me. I don't care. But, you know, there, there are places for the, for the larger camera and the bigger lens. They have larger selection of lenses and, and whatnot. Um, but I'm finding for myself, and I think I've, I've been telling you about this for a while since I got the first Fuji. Like I could see, yeah. I could really see you using one of these. Um, and now there's a lot more variety out there for you to choose from. So if you wanted to go for Fuji or Panasonic with interchangeable lenses, of course it means buying a whole new set of lenses and stuff like that. So that's always a, you know, a bit of an investment in time and money because, you know, if you're already invested in a system, it's going to be, it's hard to, it's usually hard to get out of a system and get into something new. That being yeah. said, you know. Yeah, so true. Yeah. I mean, I really do. A... Go ahead. 
I was just going to say it's such a huge factor in, in photography. You know, once once you have a, a body and a bunch of lenses, it's not a simple matter to switch. I remember when Gino, you know, was switching over to that Nikon. Yeah. I mean, the big commitment. He did. He sold all of his stuff and was able to get, you know, the Nikon he wanted and a few lenses. Of course, you end up getting less than you had because you were selling your old stuff. Um, yeah. You're not going to get the same stuff. But I think these new cameras that are coming out, they are. Uh, the the new lenses are coming out. There's third party lenses that you can buy for these things. I mean, you can buy them for DSLRs, and the the quality of those lenses are getting better. The um the XT10 I got with an 18 to 55, uh, which is the uh, full frame equivalent of let's see, it's a 28 to uh 70, 28 to 80, maybe. That's uh -huh. full. I mean, it's a basic kit lens. Uh, I'm blown away. Like I said, I'm blown away by the quality of it. I mean, you'll see some of the pictures I post up in uh, on my Flickr site. I've been putting them on Flickr more uh, more often for these pictures. The quality is fantastic. It's mm. unbelievable. And the and I'm also also not doing as many raw files these days. <laughs> you know? Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. if I told you that, but I'm I'm mostly going for straight out of the camera JPEG. And mm -hmm. that is freeing up my workflow a lot more too, because I'm going from the JPEGs to my iPad and then, you know, outputting and then the raw files, whatever I shoot raw still, those go back onto my computer as backup files essentially so that I have those uh, in case I need to process them. But I'm, I'm really happy it's just like the old days with taking film, you take the picture and you're done, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you're, you got to, an amazing workflow. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it. I mean, I, I, I wanted to get excited about photography again. So the mirrorless systems seem to help me do that. Um, again, it's not a, you know, a fight against DSLRs or mirrorless. It's just, that's the system that has sparked my interest in photography. again. I mean, really brought it up there. So I don't know. I had the feeling it would do the same for you, especially if you're going on trips, uh, and you need to be light you know, uh -huh. and, yeah. and you want to still be able to get quality. I mean, given your bias towards full frame versus APS-C sensor aside, I think, <laughs> I think it, first of all, I don't think you've, you know, if you've used these other cameras with the smaller sensor, uh, you would find them as adequate as, as the larger one when, when you were shooting in, in practical purposes, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Now I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, what, you got me intrigued, man. I, yeah, I might have to uh, take the plunge. We'll see. What else do you want to know about them? <laughs> Since I seem to know so much. You know, tell me about the reality of um, the fixed lens and, and just how that affects your eye and your experience of shooting. That has been really interesting because uh, I think, I don't know if we talked about this on a previous show, but in the beginning of the year, I went to Jamaica for my sister's wedding. Uh-huh, yeah. I purposely decided to only bring one camera with me and that was the Fuji X100T and that's got a fixed uh 23 millimeter lens on it which is the full frame equivalent of a it's a 35 millimeter. So it's uh -huh. it's uh halfway between normal lens and wide lens. It's it's more wide than normal. But it's uh -huh. a single lens and I decided on purpose just to take that and because mainly I'm going there for my sister's wedding. So I'm not there to be a, you know, I'm not going as a photographer to shoot the palm trees and whatnot, but I'm, I said, I'm not going to just, you know, this, this way I didn't have to schlep all my Nikons with me. Cause if I was going to bring my Nikons, well, I got to bring my, you know, my body and I got to bring this lens. I got to bring that. I'm going to have like five lenses with me and I'm already breaking my back. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I figured, let me just do this as an experiment and see what I do. And the, I was really surprised by the versatility of the one lens system for what I was getting. Now it was not perfect for portrait shots. Um, in some ways, you know, a wide lens is not always flattering for yeah. people. It depends on how you shoot them. Actually, excuse me. I want to, I want to, you know, temper that. It's like, you know, if you put it right into someone's face, it tends to distort them a little bit. But if you pull back a little bit and you give them some room and maybe making an environmental portrait it does really well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was doing things like macro shots. What did I do? I did macro shots. I did landscape shots. I did uh, time, not time lapse, time exposures, um, 
at night with light painting with it. Um, I was doing still life shots. I did some shots of the wedding and, um, when my sister and uh, her husband were on the beach and they were being photographed by the, uh, by the real photographers for the thing. And I was shooting sort of the behind the scenes stuff. It was fantastic. Uh And I'll, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes. I think I made a page, an album and Flickr, but when you look at the pictures, you'll see how versatile the one lens was. Uh huh. Yeah. And, interesting. Yeah. Oh. And what was fun about it is that I didn't have to think about something about, oh, well, you know, how do I want to shoot that? Do I want to switch this lens and this lens I first found? If I'm going to take a picture. I just took the picture. I didn't have to stop and think about, you know, what focal length I needed or, or whatnot. It, so there was a freedom about that. Again, it doesn't mean that that's perfect in every circumstance. There were times where I wouldn't, wouldn't have minded having a 200 millimeter lens capture the sunset. But I figured, you know what, that shot is not for me today because I don't have, A, I don't have that lens, but B, I am satisfied with what I'm getting. I'm getting a wide vista, you know, and uh-huh. uh, I didn't, I didn't have any problem with that. I was really, really satisfied with that. And again, like I said, it was more of an experiment for myself to see, because that was, I think the first time I went to a different country for the first time and only brought one camera with me. So, um, actually, no, that's not true. That's not entirely true. A long time ago, I went to London. Uh, just after Diana, uh, Princess Diana died, it was like a week after she died. Oh yeah, and yeah. there were stories about people, uh, uh, photojournalists, anti-paparazzi. Yeah, and them getting beaten up by people because they were so angry at them. And I made the decision, which I think was wise, to cut down the amount of gear that I was bringing from all my Nikon thirty-five millimeter cameras, which I was shooting film then. To I brought two point and shoots with me. Um, one of them was a contacts, uh, G2, which had a 35 millimeter lens. So it was wide. And mm-hmm. the other one, I, I just, I just dug it up. Let's see. I'll post pictures. Of this is a great old camera. Um, it's a Nikon 28 TI and it has <laughs> a total point and shoot camera with this incredibly cool retro dial on the top that shows you the shutter speeds. No, it shows you the, um, what's it got here? It's got the f-stops it's got the amount of pictures you have left has exposure compensation and has your focal distance all in the sort of retro dial system and it's a point and it this one is a point and shoot camera it doesn't have a lot of manual controls on it although it looks like it should i brought those two cameras with me only so in a sense i only had two point and shoot cameras with me and i did really good pictures with them so and, and that was going to london so so that wasn't jamaica wasn't the first time i'm sort of owning up to this but, uh, uh-huh. but I did it back then and I did it, uh, in January. So some people can think that the one lens can actually be a hindrance and it's not, it can be kind of freeing sometimes. In fact, I felt free because I didn't have to worry about changing lenses and I didn't have to worry about all this gear and bringing tons of uh, ibuprofen with me for having to schlep around, you know, Nikon stuff is actually much heavier than I think most other camera systems are so yeah i was really happy with that so how's that sounds good yeah no it's helpful yeah what um do you know the what's the digital teleconverter on these fujis well there isn't any digital uh conversions on them so you can get let's see they have for instance what do they have? Um, the Fuji X100T has two different attachment lenses that you can buy. So they're, I wouldn't call them a teleconverters, but they do convert the lens that's on the camera already. One makes it slightly wider and one makes it slightly more telephoto. That's relative. One turns it into a 50 millimeter lens, which on a full frame equivalent makes it about a 75. So it's a, like a, a mild telephoto. It's good for portraits. And then the uh-huh. other wide attachment makes it a little bit wider. I think it makes it a 28 millimeter or a 21 millimeter. I'm not quite sure. They're not cheap um, on those cameras. Uh, I think each one of those is $300 to uh, change the lenses. And, and they're Fuji made, so the, the optics are really good. Um, I've seen uh-huh. pictures taken from them. They're great. But uh, to me, that defeats a little bit of the purpose of the single lens system. The Fuji the one I was telling you that you might consider getting 
um, they have an attachment to it that makes it slightly wider. I, th I'm, I think that makes it wider. So it goes from a 28, I think, to 21 millimeter, which is something I think you would love because I know you love uh -huh. that wide, that wide um, format so much. And then the other thing is that with uh, some of these cameras, like Fuji has um, lens converters where you could purchase other um, lenses from other companies, maybe like a Leica lens, and attach it to your Fuji camera. Mm. Right. But there isn't mm -hmm. any digital conversion. They're all, it's all done manually. There's no, uh, well, actually, you know what? Sorry, that's not entirely true. The X70 that just came out actually has a digital, a digital uh, converter inside of it. That's funny. Um, it basically is cropping your picture. So you take a picture with the, the, the lens and then you can apply what's called like a digital crop. And it will crop into the picture and make it, you know, the equivalent of 50 millimeter. But it's cropping into the already existing image. So you can either do that in your post-processing. Or you can let the camera do it. It's you know six of one, half a dozen of the other, but that's already mm -hmm. built into the into the new camera. So, and I've seen uh, quality comparisons, and they don't look that much different than if you're doing it in Photoshop. Uh -huh. so, you know, kind of you know as a convenience factor, it's probably kind of a cool thing to have. Uh -huh. um, but it can only cool. go telephoto, not not wider. So, uh -huh. but it's in well, there. you've got me intrigued. Yeah, it's something. I didn't think I would get into these these cameras too much, and I actually when I didn't think I would get into the electronic viewfinders on these cameras, and I actually kind of like that. It, you know, if you want to shoot something in black and white, you look through your viewfinder, and it's set to black and white. Yeah, really, I love that. Here. Yeah, and it can really help you pre-visualize what your images are going to look like. You know, and that certainly helps you creatively. Um, so I don't know. I know it's they're. You know, for all of us, money's tight these days, and so buying new things and, and making sure we don't get into, what is that, gas syndrome, gear acquisition syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want to keep buying things too much, but uh, I think at some point, if you're considering, you know, wanting to try these things out, you can get into it for relatively little money. Um, and I think the, the payback is incredible in terms of the creativity and the fun that you can have with these things. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you. That was a, sales, lots of food for thought. It was a sales pitch. Yeah. If anybody yeah. is tuned out by now. <laughs> Fuji should be paying you. You know what? I I would love to have a relationship with Fuji. I think they make, for me, they think they make great gear. And um, I, I, you know what? We're disclaimer for everybody. We're not getting paid by Fuji. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm doing this on my own. It's it's uh, it, it's they've come up with some gear and some inner workings that has, um, that I resonate with. doesn't mean that everybody will, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, like I said, Ryko, Panasonic, uh, Sony, um, Olympus, they're all making really great cameras. I, again, I'm not sure about the Canon and Nikons yet. Um, I think they've gotten on this train a little bit, you know, late in the, in the, in the process. And so I think they need a little catching up to do, but, um, you know, Check these check these cameras out at your stores, you know, see if you can uh, if you get into them and I don't know. I enjoy them. So that's it. And Tom, I think uh someday you'll enjoy them too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm closing in on that decision. Right. And then, you know, for our, you know, midlife crisis <laughs> cameras. <laughs> so I was starting to think about it. It's like, oh, I I I can't buy a red Mustang, so I'm just going to buy a new camera. That's my <laughs> doing when i'm turning 50 so. yeah. anyway all right i hope i hope we didn't totally bore everybody here well yeah for anybody curious about the uh mirrorless cameras i think you know that it, it's all relevant yeah and oh the last plug of course is that i think most of these cameras they let you shoot in manual so since that's what we're about switching to manual yeah yeah, sounds like we might become switched to mirrorless pretty soon here. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, touche. Yeah, you know, I think that's what separates them from the point-and-shoot cameras, because the point-and-shoot cameras were, I mean, they could shoot manual, but not so easily. These cameras are sort of designed to make sure that you can shoot manually very easily. And so since we're about that, we're very much, uh, um, you know, 
about making sure that you understand how to use your gear and have fun with it and control it and know what the camera's doing. So, so that's a big plug for these for these style cameras. It doesn't mean you can't do it with your DSLRs, but you know, we're we're moving into the future now. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, I think it might be about time for our photography quote here. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here's here's one. A portrait is not made in the camera, but on either side of it. Okay, so who said that? That's Edward Steichen. Ah. Yeah, a, a I like favorite, it. After, after we talk so much about the technical side of cameras and everything, um, you know, it gets back to the human aspect of all the things that take place between the photographer and the subject and that relationship that emerges and the things that are communicated with your eyes and you know depending on the situation if it's on the street or someone you know or someone you don't know but the the subtleties and the and the connection you know the the magic and recognizing that it's really more about that ultimately than about the the machine as important as the camera is it's ultimately the camera itself is less important than what's happening between two human beings. Right. I mean, we've seen great portraits done with all sorts of different kinds of photography gear. And, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you're using. It does matter how you're using it. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually that, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, on Bart's, uh, let's talk photography podcast that, had that shot of this homeless guy and what was special about it. It's funny that you, we got this quote, but what's interesting about that shot was in the picture. My shadow is in the shot <laughs> covering, uh, covering the guy. Wow. You know? And so it's interesting that, you know, he's saying a portrait's not made in the camera, but either side of it. And there's something that's showing that the photographer is actually part of the portrait, you know? When yeah. the shadow of the photographer is is there, uh, in in the subject, or we've seen pictures with the photographer in the in the picture as well. So, um, but it's interesting that it's that uh, it 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 talks about the like you said the relationship between the subject and the photographer, and that is also like infinite. There are infinite different relationships that yeah, can be absolutely. created. And you, you noted in the beginning how generally you don't photograph homeless people just out of respect and not to be intrusive. And yet in that instance, something moved you to do it. And it's, so it's interesting, you know, also that like from a psychological point of view, you know, there's so much uh, written about the shadow. And, and so you're in that instance, you're literally casting a shadow on the subject and capturing him, but also something of your presence and you know which is blocking the light in part you know but kind of in recognition of your your presence and your observance of of this person and you know in a very difficult situation yeah so it's yeah profound fascinating it's interesting definitely put that picture up yeah i'll I'll post it um either that or i'll do the link to the bar site but uh i started thinking about you know how a portrait <laughs> I hear Johnny Cash in the background. <laughs> Has he gone for his walk yet? No, he needs to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well we'll keep this we'll keep this short. Um but the um the combination of the photographer and the subject uh is what creates the portrait. I mean but then what do we talk about when we have selfies, you know? Self port well, not selfies, because I don't think selfies are self portraits, but how would we, uh, you know, equate a self-portrait um, in this in this quote? It's really interesting. Yeah, it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. There's just to confuse. You're missing either. that, yeah, <laughs> relationship piece. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, well the I, photographer is looking in the mirror, and the photographer is right looking at themselves, and then and then altering their own their own experience and and presence for what they're capturing. So. But yeah, a portrait's not made in the camera. It's not made in the dark room. It's not, you know, made in a book. It's made by the combination of two people. And that's funny. There's also this, um, this was reminding me of another quote 
uh, which we can talk about later, but was it um, Ansel Adams, I think, said there's always two people in every picture, the photographer and the viewer? Hmm. You know? Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I love so that. So then yeah. if we use that, then there's always three people in a portrait picture. There's the person who photographed, there's the person who being photographed, and then there's the viewer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. How's that? I love it. Things? But Edward Steichen's work is really incredible. Um, if I just remember his, uh, some of his pictures from World War II are just amazing. And, uh, I mean, it's, he's not just known for the World War II pictures, but I have, I haven't have a book of his stuff from then, but, uh, mm. an incredible photographer worth looking up his pictures. If you're hearing this podcast, go look at his stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Hey, and here's one more. We don't, we don't have to discuss it, but it's just fun. Diane Arbus. Hmm. Taking pictures is like tiptoeing into the kitchen late at night and stealing Oreo cookies. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It is. Now you're making me want to go get some Oreos someplace. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. All right. All right. Hey, this was fun, Tony. It was. It was a lot of fun. There was a, it's like probably one of the first times we talked about one subject, like, you know, uh, a yeah. gear thing, but you know, I think people are interested in that and wanting to hear our opinion on it. So I thought that was worth spending some time on. Yeah, well, I sure appreciated the tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. So, look, everybody, you can, uh, if you want to check out more of what we have to say, you can go to our website, which is switchtomanual.com. And from there, you can uh, find all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find that uh, we're also going to be uh, putting up a uh, YouTube channel that we're doing our tip cast. going to be short little videos where you can learn some tips. So uh, until we get our own channel uh, URL from YouTube, we're going to, you know, just link from our website, uh, be the best place where you can see our tip casts. So you can check them out there. You can also check out um, where we do our portfolio reviews. If you want to help uh, support our website, um, you can have us, can hire us to look at your pictures and give you some uh, great feedback so check out our portfolio reviews at the uh, and you can also find us on twitter at switch the number two manual so switch to manual and while you're at it you can follow me on twitter which is at am rosario and follow tom at witness photog b-h-o-t-o-g uh, we're also on facebook we love facebook a lot so go check us out there and, uh, you know, if you get us on iTunes, we would really appreciate reviews and ratings at iTunes. That helps us, uh, you know, get to, you know, more people that way. So please uh, um, help us out there as well. And you know what? Um, we would love to be able to keep doing this show. And we've already had some donations. And so we'd like to hold out our little hats again. <laughs> And ask if you can uh, help support the show by donating with the uh, PayPal button, PayPal button down on our show page and our Podbean page. Uh, anything that you can spare to help us uh, pay for the show, so um, we can keep doing it, would be really, really helpful. We're just doing this on our own right now, and uh, you know we've had some donations. We really appreciate those guys. Um, so please uh, check us out. Uh, and what else? I think that's I think that's about it. Yeah, I think you covered it. I think I covered it, yeah. So we're on our way to 50, or, or 44 episodes. We're on our way to 50, so we'll be there soon enough. So Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All righty, man. So, uh, okay, Tony. Thanks so it. much. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you later. Adios.